Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dirty Lie Podcast. Uh, season five. Season two. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast about facts, figures, and weird things from the past. I'm your host, Dez, and I'm here with my co-host. TMT, Timmy Tyre, um, Timmy. Not Timmy. Timmy Tyre is fine. I want you guys to know, Tim, Tim Tyre called me Desmond Tutu recently and designated driver. And Des, did you call me Des the Destroyer? Something like that. Somebody also, and I, somebody picked that up and like I ran into them yeah. at the bar and they were like, Des the Destroyer. I'm wow. like, oh my gosh. Wow. What has he done? That's a good nickname. That is. Like Drax the Destroyer. Yeah, I, I don't even know what that reference is. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Drax. Yeah, like a... It's the Destroyer? It's the Destroyer, man. He's so cute. Yeah, he's adorable. He has, like, no sense for sarcasm or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, autistic. Yeah, I think he's (laughs) supposed to be on the spectrum. Yeah. Okay, so welcome to our podcast. Make sure you subscribe right now. Just subscribe. Share this episode. Enjoy it. If you laugh, if you learn something new, then you should share this with people who you want to laugh or learn something new with. Share with your guy, your friend, mm-hmm. your ex-ting, your situationship, your literature teacher from high school. You've been talking to this person for like two months. Things are going well, but you're running out of gist and things to talk about. You listen to this podcast. You learn a fact about history. Next day, you're in the chat and you're just like, hey, do you know about this person, this person? <laughs> it's a funny story. You know, I'll tell you tonight over dinner. Yeah. Boom, you have a date. Next thing, you're getting married. Next thing, you invite Des and I to the wedding and we're just there like, hey. <laughs> Look at what we did, baby. Look at what we did. Whoever thought we'd be here. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I chose this topic for certain various reasons. Like this topic has been in my cooker for a long time. But over my birthday, um, I got called brains and beauty Mm. quite a couple of times. And it is something that I personally dislike. (laughs) What do you prefer? I just don't like brains and beauty. There's something about it that makes me uncomfortable like because most women tend to have both yeah but men try to act like they don't it's rare yeah but it's not i'm not a rare gem yeah. y'all <laughs> like like i found I, I find it like it's kind of misogynistic and also i do find that a lot of only men say that yeah um and usually men who like don't yeah who think they're contradictory mm. usually or something mm. um but i mean i appreciate all the love my birthday was amazing uh tim Tar gave me a little speech that made me actually tear up oh my gosh um it was beautiful you try you're you're a poet thank you um so when i was away in london i went to go and watch the book of mormon and it is a very bizarre musical to watch as a black person. <laughs> I went with my friend and they were like, we are the only black people here. And mm. then 10 minutes in, he said, oh, now I know why we're the only black people mm. here. Because it's about uh, a Mormon missionaries going to Africa mm-hmm. um, to go rescue some people. And they're just a lot of like, I mean, it's an old musical, but the, the racism is like, dated racism like they talk it's, a lot about everyone has i don't think it's that old it's the really? guys it's the it's guys, the guys from the, South yeah North. so it must be max 20 years old yeah but the, like the racism is like that like africa's aids infected yeah like the people yeah 
but it's like satire right it's it is satire um but you know how like there it's it's satire that sometimes like it's played like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no i can't yeah it's dated it's dated mm. that, that's really just the best way to put it it's dated but um and it reminded me of this story that I had read a long time ago. And when I was thinking about beauty and brains and Mormonism, I was like, oh man, I know what my next episode is going to be. Let's go. We are talking about beauty and crime. Um, we're talking about beauty queens committing crimes. Okay. Now, the thing about this is there is actually a significant number of criminals who have been like Miss Wyoming, Miss Universe, Miss the, Venezuela. The pageantry crime pipeline is crazy. The pageantry crime... <laughs> the pageantry industrial complex. It's insane. And the thing about this is that specifically, especially in like Mexico and South America, mm-hmm. you actually have essentially narco guys fund beauty queens. Mm. It's like, you know how the bad guys want the baddest babes? Mm-hmm. So all these small towns, like, all these, like, cute, you know, mm-hmm. all these towns that you hear on narcos and stuff like that, mm. their pageants, their beauty queens are ending up with narcos. Guadalupe. Mm. <laughs> no, even, like, like Tijuana or Sinaloa, like, Sinaloa, what was it called? Anyways, yeah. all these, like, Mexico City... Mm-hmm. Just little, little, all these things. It's kind of how fraud guys fund music in yeah. the night. Yeah. That's how you have narco guys funding. Beauty pageants. Yeah. yeah. They fund music too. I guess they can fund more because their they money can. is more consistent. Yeah. yeah their money is long. Yeah, it's more stable. It's <laughs> generational wealth. <laughs> so um, a lot of the crimes you see are if it's like a, a criminal pageant queen from South America, it's usually like a drug related crime, mm. but we have some spicy crime here. Like I found some spices. So you ready for the facts? Let's go. Fact one. In the summer of 1977, a pageant queen called Joyce McKinney flew across the Atlantic from Utah, hired a private detective to hunt down her lover, who was working in Britain as a door-to-door Mormon missionary, kidnapped him and kept him as a sex slave in a remote cottage in Devon for days. Devon in England? Yes. So this is a pageant queen who leaves Utah after hiring a private detective, flies to England... To sex traffic her husband. To her ex-lover. Her ex-lover. Oh, it was her ex-lover. No, yes. okay. Kidnap him. And keep him as a sex slave in a remote cottage. And she did this with an accomplice. Right. That's fact one. Okay. Fact two. I'm so excited for this episode. (laughs) Continue. Fact two. Asanta Maresca, who is also known as Papetta, meaning little doll in Italian, was a pageant queen born into the Camorra Mafia. And in 1955, while heavily pregnant, seven months pregnant, she went down to town in the middle of the afternoon, asked her brother to drive her to town, pulled out a gun and gunned down her husband's killer in an act of revenge. Oh, okay. When in court, when they asked her if she had remorse in court, she said, I will do it again. (laughs) Fair enough. Fact two. And fact three. 
Do you think her brother knew what he was doing? She was like, I need to go to WHF Smith. I need to go to Brutes. I need to get something for this nausea. I have cravings. Yeah, I have cravings. <laughs> the craving of crime. Craving of crime. Um, and fact three, El Chapo. Mm. Um, El Chapo's fourth wife was selected from when she became Miss Sinaloa in Mexico. A lot of Miss Sinaloa's have either been kidnapped, killed, or arrested mm-hmm. because it's the hotbed for crime. Um, she was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. He pulled up to the pageant and he picked up the winner, kidnapped her, married her. Her dad was from the Tijuana cartel, which is a different cartel. Mm-hmm. He is from the Sinaloa cartel. Mm-hmm. So he went, he kidnapped her. And married her. And that is that wife, that famous one. Okay. That is known for being loyal and helping him break out of prison and stuff. Okay. So that's fact three. That El Chapo's fourth wife was originally a teenager that he kidnapped and married. And here we are. And here we are. She's, you know, you know the one that got arrested? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mel Chapo, that's what I call her. Did you just say Mel Chapo? Yeah. Good one. Thank you. Um, uh, so what story do I think is the dirty lie? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So let's talk about it. The first one, um, Utah to to England to Devon, which is also in England. I think that's the, I think that's, part of me thinks that's the, part of me thinks that's the dirty lie because what's American, unless super rich has the resources to like, not just fly across to commit a crime, but to also maintain a longer crime, sort out a safe house where they can do unsafe things to their partner. It just doesn't give Americans. Now, if it was a South American I did it, I would understand. You, you understand, yeah. You know, they know how to put a little crime together. Um, the Italian one is just 100% true. You can't tell me that. <laughs> you can't just, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you, even if you are making it up, I promise you, if we Googled those exact same circumstances, it would, ha- it would have happened somewhere between now and 1925. <laughs> um, the third one, hmm. El See, that for me, rings truest but it could also be fake because i feel like el chapo has lived such a long strange life that mm. there are just so many facts to distort to throw me off um okay. so it's tough it's going to be between el chapo and the utah the utah moment kidnapper um i want to go with el chapo as the dirty lie why? I want to know why, actually. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's parts of it are true. Parts of it are falsified. Um, For the hundredth time in a row, you are absolutely correct. Oh, yeah, baby. I want to roll. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I've been doing pretty good these last couple of You've months. You've been doing yeah. excellently well. And I just, I don't know why. And I think I just, I need to like, I need to. I need to sort this out. Yeah. First of all, Joyce McKinney, the beauty queen, truly mm-hmm. did kidnap a guy. It is the most sordid, insane tale ever, and we are going to get into it. Let's start with El Chapo. Okay. There's a Sun article called Beauty and the Beasts. Inside Beauty and the Beasts, inside Mexican beauty contest, where drug lords like El Chapo pick brides, and the queens are kidnapped, murdered, and shot by cops. Ratata. Ratata. 
Mm-hmm. That's a tub. Get out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Miss Sinaloa. Sinaloa is a city in Mexico. It is a hotbed of crime. And the pipeline from Miss Sinaloa to maximum pres- security prison or an early grave mm. is... Consistent. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, honestly, the top of this article has first a picture of El Chapo's wife <laughs> arrested. Then it has Miss Sinaloa 2012 shot dead. And then it has the other Miss Sinaloa who was also arrested. You have some who ran to exile in Argentina. Um, Miss Sinaloa 2012, her name was Maria Susana Flores. Mm. And literally nine months after she won Miss Sinaloa, she died in a hail of bullets from Mexican soldiers after getting caught in a shootout between gang members and Mexican soldiers. Yeah. And um, apparently, like, they tried to use her as like a human shield. She came out of the car in a yellow dress holding an AK-47 saying, please don't shoot. And the, short, the soldiers shot her in the neck and she died on the scene. Is there any missing um, a lot that just ended up at like KPMG or something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, so like, as I said before, the pattern streets are like a hunting ground for the mexican drug lords yeah um they're trying to see like who's the baddest bee coming <laughs> who's the baddest bee here in the streets mm. um and they usually want the queens and so emma coronel aspuro who's el chapo's fourth wife mm-hmm. um if you saw pictures of this dark-haired beauty the wife who was always going to court to like see El Chapo, the one who gave interviews on his behalf Mm -hmm. during his trial, the one who has a crazy Instagram page and the one who was sentenced to prison three years in prison for drug trafficking. Is she out now? um, Yeah, she was actually like last month, she Mm. was released into a halfway house. Nice. Um, Yeah, but she, I think she got three years instead of four. Mm. The reason the reason why the judge gave her three years instead of four is because she got married to El Chapo when she was 17 and he mm. was in his 50s. Mm. Her dad was like a mid-level uh, deputy. I mean, what do they call him? He's, he's like a mid-level guy. in El- enforcer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So her dad was, El Chapo was her dad's boss, mm. right? At the age of 17, she wins Miss Sinaloa mm-hmm. and... um. El Chapo, flanked by a hundred gunmen, pulls up at this pageant where she's crowned and proposes to her right there with like all his henchmen mm-hmm. and all their guns and stuff. So I don't know how you, I don't know if you say she volunteered. <laughs> was her dad one of the henchmen? I don't know if he was one of the henchmen carrying guns, but I'm sure her dad was there. Yeah. Um, her dad and her older brother both work for El, Ch- El Chapo and had been arrested. Her younger brother was also arrested for working for El Chapo and being one of the people who supposedly helped him break out of prison when mm-hmm. he broke out of prison in Mexico. So, like, it's a whole... She was born... Girl Chapo. It's better than El Chapo, sorry. But... Honestly, there is something to be said about the fact that she was 17 when no, she was she married was, yeah. to this. I mean, I think he... I wanted to even they just like full on took her from the cradle. Yeah, because also she's born into this, yeah. you know, environment. 
Um, and like, there's this w- woman's rights activist that always t- that talks about how, like, Miss, former Miss Sinaloa's, a lot of them end up being mixed Mexico, you know, trying to uh, go to Miss World or Miss Universe mm-hmm. or whatever. And like, a lot of them, like, the guys who, the guys who are ruining these babes are the narcos. Because imagine they're like fine girls from small towns mm-hmm. and who are the big dons in those small towns? Mm-hmm. The narcos. Um, and a lot of times, also to kickstart their careers, the people who actually fund them are these narcos. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Emma, she was born in America. She's an American citizen. She was born in San Francisco. Her dad was like a farmhand or something. Oh, she's American? Yeah, she's an American. Um, I mean, she's Mexican-American. She grew up like in a very rural drug like cartel area in mexico but she was born in america when her parents does she have a passport Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and she obviously as i said was engaged to this 50 something year old man at Mm -hmm. the age of 17 who was also her dad's boss who was also the most dangerous criminal in Mm -hmm. the whole of her town (laughs) um he asked her dad for her hand she said yes he didn't kidnap her they wed on her 18th birthday in 2007 mm. while he was on the run from police. Um, police actually tried to arrest him at the wedding, but they had, they had gotten away. Often she's described, like, obviously, she's always described as, like, the loyal wife, the one who shows up all the time. Um, she speaks out on his behalf. She, and she's the youngest. She's the one with the least context. But I also think, like, I don't think she's the one with the. Le- I don't say. I won't say she has the least context, but I think, like, because you know, like, you know what I mean. Like, I mean, like, she's been groomed the most, yeah, from day one. Yeah. So she doesn't know what, yeah, the best she could get. It like she doesn't even. She can't think of a world beyond this. When she was born, this man was what in his thirties. Like he had been grooming people for for a long time. Like he's already. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he's already a, a drug boss in mm-hmm. Mexico, a very deadly guy mm-hmm. who's also been accused of rape and torture of young women, has multiple mistresses. El Chapo has apparently around 19 kids from multiple women and wives. So, you know, like... The little Chapos. Yeah, and she grows up in a place where... She grows up in a family that is like all employed by this man also mm-hmm. who also live in his territory mm-hmm. um so yeah like she, she she didn't stand a chance i don't think so yeah um and the judge took that into consideration when they were uh when they were when she was convicted mm-hmm. um they said you know like she got engaged to this guy at 17 she has twin daughters for him She's lived most of her life, like, on the run. Her whole family is involved in this, like, you know. Mm. Um, But a lot of people also, like, just don't like her because of how flamboyant a lifestyle she lives. Like, building life-size dollhouses, like Barbie dollhouses for her twin daughters. So they have twin daughters um, who are, like, by the way, so they have twin daughters and... They, in course, like they showed a message about how El Chapo, for his like 10, I think this is when the daughters were really young, maybe seven. And he said one of his daughters is a bad guy. <laughs> like, he said, like, he was talking about one of the daughters. He called her Kiki. Mm-hmm. 
And he was like, and he was basically like, Kiki is hard. I'm selling her an AK-47 so she can't be moving with me. What? <laughs> yeah. So like, is that normal? No. He said he's sending her an AK-47. Yeah. Because, you know, he's on the run, so he's not even spending so much time with Emma and the kids or whatever. But, yeah, he said, that Kiki is just like me. I'm finna send her an, an AK-47. You think you could have had a custom AK made for her little hands? Of course. Haven't you seen those, like, to- like real guns that Americans make for their kids? Like, they make them blue or pink and they're semi-automatic or pistols. I've seen pistols custom made for to- like children in elementary school. That's okay. We now talk about that. <laughs> we, I don't. I don't know how to really react to that. Yeah. 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 But I've liked one. Yeah, I've liked one at the age. Probably wouldn't have been able to handle it. Do you know how I've? Have you ever held a real gun before? Probably. <laughs> Tim tells like you're not gonna finna catch me slipping. <laughs> you know, I keep that thing on me. <laughs> so, yeah, so she wasn't kidnapped, but I mean, she was a child bride. I see 27 year olds, 25 year olds getting married. I'm like, that's a t- child. The child bride. <laughs> the child bride. Oh my gosh. Mm. But um, the lie is from. The the lie is somebody else's story. Um, it was Francisco Rafael Felix, who is the founder of the Tijuana cartel. Mm. Um, he kidnapped the carnival queen of Sinaloa mm. um, in 1990. Her name was Carmen Lezarango. And she won carnival queen. And he was like, and then he found out she was engaged to another man. He was a rival to El Chapo. Mm-hmm. So he kidnaps this 18-year-old girl, mm-hmm. takes her to a neighboring state, and forces her to marry him. Months later, a chilling statement, which was claimed to be from Carmen, was published in a Mexican newspaper, mm. claiming that she had accepted her fate. Um, the statement read, It would be embarrassing to have to say whether I left of my own will or was taken by force. Mm. I do not want to judge or point out the man who will be the father of my children, the one who gave me his last name, and from whom I have only received attention because I have never received bad treatment from him. I accept... Except the time when he kidnapped you. I accept with resignation the path that destiny has given me, and if God has put me on this path, I must continue. It reads like a letter from like an old pilgrim settling in america it's just so sad in the 1800s this is an 18 year old girl who's writing a letter after being very publicly kidnapped by a drug boss and the founder of the tijuana cartel saying like i've i'm resigned to my fate so what did her boyfriend do um i don't know actually i didn't get any information on the the one that was left Mm. behind but three years into the marriage the couple had to go on the run and in 1993, Felix was arrested. I don't know who the other guy she was engaged to with, but mm-hmm. Felix, the founder of the Tijuana cartel, is the guy who's a rival, who's El Chapo's rival. Mm-hmm. So it's El Chapo's ri- rival mm-hmm. who, who um, kidnaps Carmen. And in 93, right, they go on the run. Felix is arrested and he's sentenced to jail. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carmen 
apparently sticks by his side. Um, and she was with him in 2013 when he was shot by hitmen dressed up as clowns at a family celebration. That man was killed by clowns. The thing is, like, I, it's not funny, but it's not funny. But the visual is hilarious. It's 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 not funny for everybody else who experiences that. I mean, it's not funny for someone to get killed, even if they are a kidnapping. King, it's kind of funny to kill, but, but a guy dressed up as a clown. Because the thing about it is, like, I've seen this trope in TV shows. I'm yeah. like, haha, that's funny. That mm-hmm. would never happen in real life. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, here we are. Like, the like, ones that say bang when they shoot them. <laughs> like for real, a clown that you you thought you had a clown for your kids' party and turns out the joke was on you. That's funny. Yeah, but like this whole Miss Sinaloa being, you know, linked to crime, it goes back to like the fifties. Like this is a this is a whole thing. You have it's a, it's a cesspool. It is a cesspool, and it's it's like because as I say, it's a it's a hunting ground for these guys. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, somebody wrote a book about it called Miss Narco. It's by Javier Valdez Cardenas, um, and he talks about how most of the he says most of these girls know that this guy might kill them any minute, any time, anywhere. Mm. But that's the only way to mobilize in this society. There's no employment here. That's the only option they see. <laughs> you know, like, um, have you watched Narcos? Yes. Um, the You know that the DA agent that was killed on Narcos, Enrique Carmena, Kiki? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the guy who killed him is another guy who has used Miss... He married a Miss Sinaloa, like, mm. um, when she was young. Um, she was 18 and he was 37. And she actually fled the country. Like, she ran away from him after four years and moved to Colombia. Kiki is the guy who was played by the guy from Antoine, right? Yes. I liked him. Yeah, I did. He had, like, a nervous energy. Yeah. Um, the guy who killed him is another narco boss who, mm. who, who used Miss Nalua as a wife recruitment mm. agency. Mm. Um, but, yeah. So, that is... El Chavo and Emma. <laughs> Bro, like, her Instagram is, full, like, pictures of her in the gun range, pictures of her with her, her, her daughters. She hides their face, obviously, and her daughters are carrying matching Louis Vuitton bags. Aww. And she's carrying her, like, matching bags. But then, like, you also see this picture. Let me show you. I'll show you a picture of her at 18 marrying this old man. Oh, that's scary. Wow. That's gone points. It said that she didn't show much emotion in the courtroom. That's a fine woman. That's a fine woman. No, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. You're Latina. <laughs> Why did you just say Latina in that way? It's Latina for women, Latino for men, Latinx for liberal nerds. <laughs> it's Latinx gender neutral, baby. Well, they don't like it, apparently. Cool. Yeah, they don't play, they don't really um so most um Hispanic people they don't like Latinx as a term. They like You do know that Latin Latina is not um interchangeable with Hispanic. Yeah, yeah but you know what I'm talking I about. Learned, yeah. yeah. I, learned, I did not know this until I went to university in North Carolina. Yeah. Um because not all of 
Latin America speaks Spanish. Right. Hispanic people are Spanish speaking. Yeah. And Latinos and Latinas. Are Brazilian and Latinos and Latinas? No. They're about Portuguese people? speaking. Yeah. What about... Yeah. But you said you said not all... Lat- so, no. So not, not all Latinos yeah. are Hispanic. Right. And not all Hispanic people are Latinas. Okay. Well, They're not interchangeable. What about people from Guatemala? I'm not sure what language they speak. Because Oscar Isaac is from Guatemala. Who? You know Oscar Isaac? The actor? Yeah. Mm. He's he's very, like, Hispanic, I guess. No. No, I mean, he's from Guatemala. He speaks Spanish. He considers himself to be... He might, like, he might speak Spanish and not consider himself to be Hispanic. I don't know. No, no, I don't know if he... Con- I don't think he considers himself to, himself to be Hispanic. I think he considers himself to be a Latino. Mm. Mm. So like yeah, so like I didn't know that the the identities were not you know so like a lot of non-Hispanic Latinos feel erased mm. because they're like we're not Hispanic mm. culture is different right. language is different right. we look different mm-hmm. but we are Latino because or Latina because mm-hmm. we are from Latin America mm, 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 mm. so people from Spanish like, colonies are Hispanic. Like, um, I, I, could could there be Mexicans in this particular? Yeah, so you would say Mexicans are Latino, but there's some Lex- yeah, because there there are some Mexicans who don't speak. Yes, um, but they're from a Hispanic. Okay, so like Mexico is a Hispanic country. Mm-hmm. It's like how Nigeria. No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So they they might not. Yeah. It's like how mm-hmm. they might. Nigerians who don't speak English, English. Because, but we're still Commonwealth. Like yeah. you still say we're Anglophone. You call us Anglophone and then call, yeah. call Cameroon Francophone, yeah. right? Even though they're so, Anglophone Cameroonians. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. So, it's, it's, it's like um, the guy from Black Panther that was Nemo, um, Tenok. Mm, he's, he's indigenous. He's indigenous, exactly. So he's not even... Yeah. He's not even... Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different ballgame. Exactly. exactly. And that's, like, that's even a different race. Right, yeah. Because he's, he's, he's closer to Native American than anything, right? If he's indigenous. Since the land is connected, I guess mm-hmm. it would be like a, it would be like you know like Miami or like you know. I mean, yeah, but it's like saying the land is connected, but also like America uh, colonized Texas from Mexico, like they took Texas <laughs> in a war. Mm-hmm. So it's not even just that the land is connected; like it's, no, yeah, it used, so, to, no, but it what, used to be same. It's the same continent. That's know, like exactly. Place, yeah. so it was like Native place, Americans. Yeah. Different tribes. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. Like, and then colonization, kind of, you know. We should do a Native American episode. We should, or an Indigenous episode. Yeah. It, um, I don't know what what terminology is like the correct one. Original people. Hmm. Mm. Definitely not Indian. <laughs> That's the worst term. That is, uh, yeah. Mm. Imagine if, like, it's such a bizarre thing. Like, imagine if. The Portuguese got here and they're like, oh, we've gotten to China. And mm-hmm. then forevermore, Yoruba people will be known as the Chinese. Mm-hmm. Or they'll call us black Chinese. <laughs> what? And the whole world will just call us black Chinese. They'll just, everyone just with it. Oh, don't you just love colonization mm. and racism? Racism. You okay. know, you know what's something crazy about that? When I was a kid, I used to watch Looney Tunes. Mm. And you know how like, it was like a kid's show. Mm. But, it was also like from a lot of it was made in the forties, fifties, sixties, and obviously there were more lacks about just insane stuff. 
okay. So there would be episodes where it would be Bugs Bunny playing a sort of Texan ranger mm. and his fort is being attacked by Indians oh. or Native Americans. But he would be shooting them and tallying up the score and he would be singing a song and it would be like one little, two little, three little Indian, four little... Yeah, this was a thing. Song. Yeah. Oh my from God, Looney Tunes. Do you remember song. that? Yes. That was the whole thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And people would be like, oh, TV is too woke now. It was it's, too crazy. Before. It was too bad. It was really awful. Oh my gosh. Mm. Okay. We are going to go now to Joyce McKinney. Also known as Madame Mayhem. Um, she sounds like a Christian pastor. She is a Mormon who left the church. Aww. Uh, I actually love the name Joyce, by the way. She, it's so right, I guess. I just, mm, mm. I, this story has so many things wrong with it. <laughs> First of all, is the fact that Nobody took this case seriously because a man was the victim and he was 6'4 and Joyce was a beauty queen, little blonde pixie, Southern Belle with a strong North Carolina accent, arrested in London in the 70s. So they thought everything she was saying was adorable. For example. Like the British thought she was adorable. They enjoyed the hell. They called it the, the case of the menacled Mormon Menacled Mormon, handcuffed with mink handcuffs, put in silk pajamas, is this... says he's raped by this beauty queen. And he's like this overweight 6'4 Mormon missionary. And they're like, okay, you were having the time of your life, you're lying. Mm. No one, and I don't think there were actually laws on ground, then common law um, in England about like the rape of a man. Mm-hmm. So I actually think like, the case she was actually facing is kidnapping. But let's go from top. Let me tell you about Joyce McKinney. She's from North Carolina. Somewhere? North Carolina. Okay. Where I went to school. <laughs> you guys, I have a very interesting relationship with North Carolina. But one thing I can tell you is that fear white woman tears. <laughs> and it, like, if you've been a victim of a white woman who plays white woman victimhood, This story will shock you to your bone. When I was in school in North Carolina, there was a frat that was founded by the KKK. And um, when the KKK was kicked off campus, they came back and they rebranded as the Order of K.A. The Order of K.A. Yeah. Nice. Order of K.A. I had friends in this frat. Uh, It's really the most bizarre experience of my life because everyone was like, yeah. That's the most racist of the racist frats. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'd be with Luke and Scott every day, y'all. <laughs> like, they'd come because my friend from boarding school joined the frat, right? <laughs> and they were pledging this frat, and about seven of them lived in my dorm. Your friend from boarding school in the UK? Yes. Okay. So he was half English, half American. His dad came from old English money, mm-hmm. and his mom came from old North Carolina money, which mm. you can only. Imagine. Slavery. <laughs> um, but we were friends and we went to school across the world together. So we stuck to each other. 
and they were old English money is also from colonization. Yeah, so it's really too. Damn, he's the he's the best of both worlds. And <laughs> <laughs> <Canada>, Montana. <laughs> And it was a very bizarre experience for me because, yeah, so they're pledging this frat and a couple of them live in my dorm and they would come to my room sometimes just to hang out. Like it would be me and like a bunch of white boys, Mm -hmm. a bunch of racist white boys. Mm -hmm. And I learned through this process when they're saying their pledges to join the frat, they pledge to protect white womanhood. I see where this is going. They pledge to protect whiteness and white womanhood. I've seen things, but this lady comes up in this environment and then she goes to Provo, Utah and goes to Brigham Young University and joins the Mormon church. Mm. She dates like this very famous Mormon family, one of their sons or whatever. It goes downhill. And one day she's sitting in her car at an ice cream parlor. She's 25. Mm. And she sees a 19-year-old, Anderson. And uh, for her, it was love at first sight. For him, he could just not believe this beautiful blonde beauty who is an older woman is paying attention to him. Now, he's a devout Mormon in university, so he claims that they never had sex, but that they did intense petting and she got pregnant. (laughs) She claims that she was a virgin, but that they had an intense petting session and she got pregnant and she miscarried. After this miscarriage, he is racked with guilt. And goes to report himself to the church. And that's why they then send him away from her. They're like, you guys need to break up. This is of the devil. Now there's a dead baby. You know, Christian guilt. Mormon mm. Christian guilt. Um, and they send him, put him in a Mormon chastity belt. They put him in a belt? Yeah, he was wearing a Mormon chastity belt when he was kidnapped, yes. And send him to England to go and prophesy and spread the word of Mormonism and go door to door. You know, he's one of those door to door Mormon salesmen. Now, I found this out from TikTok. Apparently, this is something that's very popular amongst young Mormons today. And if it's popular today, I'm assuming that this intense petting of today is what they were doing in the 70s that got... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Do you know what it's called? Um, Staying, um, sitting, um, what's it called? Soaking. Uh, Soaking, yes. Oh, my God. Do you want to describe it? I will not do that. Please, you have to. No, this is your show. I don't want to get in the way of... Literally our show. Please describe what soaking is. this, this, (laughs) This story is your show. I don't want to interrupt greatness. So how about it? Uh, uh, Yeah. Okay. Or you. So soaking is when two young Mormons Mm -hmm. get naked, Mm -hmm. a man and a woman. Oh, yeah. And there is penetration, but they don't move. Now, sometimes they will do this and have a friend shake the bed or shake them so that there's outside. That's soaking. Yeah, that's... They think by not moving, they're not... You guys, can, you guys can Google the rest. And yeah, 
Yeah. So maybe, but yeah, so this is what she claims. And she claims that, you know, after this miscarriage, she was very, very upset and the church s- separated her from her love. And she decided that Mormon, like Mormonism is a cult. She hires this private investigator and she's just claiming to be this distraught, blonde, virginal, you know, ex-Mormon who's trying to save her man from a cult. So she hires a private investigator who traces him to a town like somewhere south of London or something. Um, and she gets her friend who is apparently in love with her, a man called Keith May, who is a, an architect, to follow her. According to Keith May, he said that like, she's like, I need to rescue this guy. The cult has taken him from me. I need to go rescue him, blah, blah, blah. Her and Keith go to London with an imitation revolver. So this Andrews guy, sorry, this Anderson guy, he's 21 at this point in time. He is apparently biking around because someone, someone had slashed his tires. Mm. So he's riding a bicycle around and Keith May approaches him on the steps of his church with a gun, puts him in a car where he finds Joyce in apparently a really bad wig um, and disguise. And they take him to a cottage, which was being advertised as a honeymoon cottage for 50 pounds a week, where they tie him up. At this point in time, Keith says that he has no involvement, um, but where Joyce is said to have handcuffed him and put him in silk pajamas, put herself in some see-through garments and said that she then wanted to deprogram him, that he had a lot of guilt about sex because of the church, and that he can only, I'm not going to actually go into details, but she said she was going to deprogram him, and she did this by allegedly raping him multiple times over the Mm. course of a few days, and also reading Bible verses to him, and saying that she wanted to get pregnant again and that she was going to keep him there until she got pregnant again. So according to Anderson, he agreed to marry her and convinced her that he was going to marry her and he just needed to get permission from the bishop. And so she released him from his shackles and he went straight to the police and was like, I was kidnapped and raped. When Joyce was asked about this, because the British tabloids, this is the beginning of the British tabloids creating stars out of nowhere, hmm. just feeding off of drama. The original mirror, reality TV. Hmm? The original reality the TV. Original reality TV was front page newspapers, hmm. British tabloid news. Like the Sun will say one thing, then the Mirror will say another, then the Daily Times will say another, and they were paying her for a story. She was she made a lot of money from her crime. And she became a star because she was seen as this beautiful blonde woman. And they're like, she's so tiny and she has a Southern accent and she's so lively. And this is this huge sixth form man. There's no way. And you'd have men calling up and being like, oh, if it was me, I would have been so happy that she kidnapped me and blah, blah. And you have this man who is most likely like a victim who is like religious, who is literally wearing a chastity belt. And Mormon undergarments when he's picked up on the streets with a gun pointed at him. Who's locked in a shed with a crazy lady he has not seen in a... Who he left in Utah. 
to grab. Mm -hmm. So you have a man who goes through this ordeal and then you have the British public eating this up. And when she's asked about this, she said, I wonder if I can do a Southern accent. I can't do a Southern accent. Can I do a Southern accent? I loved him so much. I would have skied down Mount Everest in the nude with a carnation up my nose if he asked me to. (laughs) What did he ask you to? But did he ask you to? She also said that a woman cannot rape a man. That would be like stuffing a marshmallow into a parking meter. Mm. She said it would be like stuffing a marshmallow into a parking meter. And so you can imagine the type of headlines. Like they were loving this. Yeah. Everything she said was just crazy. Yeah. I would ski down Mount Everest in the nude with a carnation up my nose. Like nobody, you know, and she was on the front page all the time. And so she, you know, she gets put on um, on trial, but then she gets granted bail. When she's granted bail, she's living like a movie star in London. She's going for events. She's Jesus even Christ. stealing the spotlight from like actual Hollywood stars. Like <laughs> some of them are getting pissed. And they're just like, what is, what is she famous for? And this is a babe who actually wanted to be famous. So you can just imagine how much she's eating this up and feeding into this. Like she mm-hmm. took acting classes. She's a pageant queen. So that you can just imagine that she's literally enjoying the hell out of this. And then she skips bail, dresses up as a mime. And I say what? A mime. Uses fake documents and gets back to America. And she's never extradited for her crimes. She just got off scot-free. Yeah, but okay. This is another thing. Six years later, she was arrested outside of this guy's workplace. Do you know what they found on her? No. A journal noting his movements, rope, and handcuffs. Damn, she was doing celebrity life and she had to get back to basics. <laughs> she had to get back to her job. Which is what? Stalking this? Stalking this dude. Stalking this dude. It's just so bizarre. Like, honestly, when I first read the story, I was like... Okay, so while you were telling me about this, I went into the Googles and I found out that in July 2019, the LAPD Valley Traffic Division Mm. named McKinney as the person involved in the fatal hit and run. What? in In 2019... That took the life of a 91-year-old Janadi Bolotsky. This same McKinney. This same woman. Because she has one kind of like dog cloning scandal that also happened in recent years. What? Yeah, like she's cloning pit bulls out of South Korea or something using the air of her dead pit bull. And she's had like five of the same pit bull or something. Excuse me, very- what? <laughs> I swear. I swear, no, I'm not making this up. She's like, she took like the air of her dead dog and sent it to South Korea and they've like cloned five of the same dog for her or something. Oh my God. I found it. This is... Yeah, but you're telling me she also had like a hit and run. She had a hit and run. She killed a 91-year-old man. 90... Oh, gosh. Yeah. The man was walking his dog at a crosswalk and she hit him in a GMC pickup truck. Was captured by surveillance and steals from the video were released to police. Oh my Locals God. identified the vehicle belonged to a then unidentified homeless woman. Oh my gosh. Who had been the subject of frequent police reports. Uh. On the 21st of June, 2019, my birthday, <laughs> investigators <laughs> followed a lead that the suspected vehicle was parked in the city of Burbank, near the Burbank airport. Investigators located McKinney. Well, mm-hmm. appeared to be living in the vehicle along with her three dogs. Mm-hmm. 
How do you live in a car? Like- I'm sorry, but this is a supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> this is a career criminal. Yes. And like, she also, oh my gosh, she she wrote a book on this. Except like she made it into a fairy tale. Mm. And when she talks about how she was the most fairest beauty of them all. And people are like, yeah, we're not reading that. Like, no one cares. This is not 1977. Like, literally no one. No one is buying your book that you created into a fairy tale. Okay. Now, <laughs> I wish you guys could see how TMT is looking at me. So, you're wondering how she had the money, right? To get yeah. private investigator and to get Keith ETC. Yeah. So, she... Rent the cabin. Mm-hmm. She was a nude model who was apparently making money doing sex work on the vice circuit, doing some BDSM, some nude modeling, some crazy stuff. She was making money. I'm not, no, not, not shaming sex workers or anything, but I'm saying she was making money doing sex work and then parading herself as this virginal Mormon, Madonna. Madonna. Like, yeah. And on the day that she sells this huge story to a newspaper, a tabloid in England, and another tabloid runs the real like they run a story of her and they put a picture of her in the nude on the front page this sounds a bit so you can you can literally like you can't see it's not like a full frontal nude she's mm-hmm. like lying down on a couch i guess we'll have to put this picture up she's like lying down on a couch you can only see like the curvature of her buttocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't see like, it's not like a full breasted nude, but apparently there's also, after they, uh, after they published this and she's like, that's not me. Well, she denied it. She denied it. So then they publish again. And this time they publish a full frontal nude of her sitting on a horse holding a whip. And it's clearly just her. And it's just, it's like, yeah. and so it's like this, this image of this blonde Madonna is then like shattered. Mm. And it's like, she's not this virgin, you know, that she says she is. She's not this like little woman who's just coming and speaking with a sweet Southern voice mm. who just like, Hey y'all, I just want to res- rescue my man. Like, and they're like, nah, like this is a deviant, criminal, sexual assaulting, super villain mm. who's also delusional mm. like she talks about when they kidnap him like he was so excited to see her and it's like i just really doubt a guy who up and left the country to get away from you yeah. has a gun pulled on him in front of church and he's like oh my god i missed you, like, hey girl, how you also like you have a whole accomplice mm. which also really bizarre how can a guy be like i like this babe so i follow her to another country to rescue her ex-man what kind of but some people theorize that they had some type of like master slave relationship because they were in bdsm circuits together Mm -hmm. but again a master slave relationship that's insane yeah that's a a theory that i've heard because you know they say she was like in the bdsm circuits Mm -hmm. and they think but she said, let's go to buy me a ticket to uh, slave. Follow me to go and kidnap my ex-man. Slave. I was like, yes, master. That is just, I don't know, the hotel is bizarre. Because he, he stays beside her for a mm-hmm. while after they get back to America. But after a while, um, they go their separate ways. So, I don't know, man. 
Um, somebody just made like a documentary or a movie about her or something. Okay, I'm going to watch that, obviously, <laughs> as soon as possible. But yeah, you guys, this is the story of the manacled Mormon, a Mormon missionary in London who was kidnapped by his ex-beauty queen girlfriend, Joyce McKenzie, at gunpoint, taken to a remote cottage in Devon, handcuffed to a bed, and raped, and also preached to for days. Mm. Told you I had some spicy crime. No, you did, you did, and you do. Well done. Okay, so that is our second fact. Um, If you guys want to learn more, you can... You can. I think uh, we'll try and drop some sources or something at okay. the end of this episode. Mm. And our last fact is very short and sweet. I mean, mm, short and sweet is the gun-toting pregnant woman. Which, like, as in, why should pregnancy stop you from popping off <laughs> if you're about that life? I'm pulling up on the up. Let me talk about the mafia boss, beauty queen, who gunned down her husband's killer while seven months pregnant. Okay, let's go. Asunta Maresca. Can you, say, can you say that name again? Asunta Maresca. Oof. I bet she's fine. <laughs> oh, she is fine as hell. She has that really soft, dark beauty. Mm, Apollonia. Dark feet. Yes. Mm. It's giving Apollonia. Mm. It's giving. If you guys don't know what Apollonia is, that means you have not watched The Godfather. And you might need to fix that. Yeah, go watch The Godfather. Go or Google to... Apollonia Godfather, I guess. That's yeah, so you can also do that. But I also think you should watch The Godfather. It's one of those things we did when we were bonding. Our friend group, TMT and I's friend group, we all watched The Godfather together. Yeah, that's true. That was a big deal. I mean, I'd say we've, I feel like we've all seen it separately before. Yeah, but it was very nice to watch it together. Yeah, it was. So, um, Asunta Maresca, also known as Papetta. Meaning the little door. She Aww. looks like a door. She has like, you call it like an apple face, just really soft features. Just like that dark Italian beauty that I just love. Like classic. Mm-hmm. Post the Moors before the wars. Yeah. So she was born in Castellamare di Stabia in Italy in 1935. Mm. Um, and she was born into the Camorra Mafia. Mm. So she was a mafia baby. Like her parents, her family, everything, mafia people. In 1955, when she was seven months pregnant, she gunned down her husband's killer in an act of deadly revenge. Her husband, Pascal Simonetti, was also a member of the Camorra Mafia. Of course. And he worked in Naples and he was a smuggler. Mm. In July of 1955, just two months after they had gotten married, Simonetti was shot by a hitman that was hired by Antonio Esposito, who was also a member of the Camorra Mafia, who had turned on Pascal. This is not even like a rival gang thing. This is family. This is inter. inter yeah, you know, internal family issues, right? Mm hmm. Now, she was pregnant. She had just lost lost her husband. And she felt like the police were turning a blind eye to it because they're just like, what's one dead gangster being killed by another mm-hmm. dead gangster? Like, she just felt like the police didn't care and nobody was handling it because, again, internal family matter. So she drove to Naples. She asked her younger brother, Ciro, yo, let's go to Naples for the day. I need some fresh air. Napoli. <laughs> 
So they drive to Naples. She looks for Esposito up and downtown, finds him middle of the day, broad daylight. Mm -hmm. She shoots him dead with a Smith and Wesson. Once arrested and charged with murder, she told the court she would absolutely do it again. I'll do it again. And when she goes, I will absolutely do it again. The whole court burst into an eruption of applause. That is kind of what makes it make headlines. It makes the case a little bit more famous because she's a court like... Don't play with me. Don't play with me. Put a gun in my hand again. I'm going to shoot him. What do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) You kill my husband and you want to be having a sandwich on the plaza <laughs> you think you can wake up and go on a walk <laughs> a gelato on the avenue you must be crazy you must be out of your goddamn <laughs> what do you think this is she's, she's, I was bo- she said I'm not new to this I'm true to this and this happened in Naples this happened in Naples I went to Naples this summer guy isn't summer finished no oh, are you still traveling oh yeah Naples um, summer is I think it's like I'm joking. Summer is up until September. Yeah. I just have too much work before then, so I can't really go now. No, but you sh- I'm very excited for you to take a break. Thank you. But it's needed. It's needed. I just saw our friend who just came back from Brazil yesterday, and the way she's glowing, I was like, God, God damn. <laughs> God damn. I need like, that. You know when you see somebody, and you know they just got back? Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't even need to tell you. Yeah, there's just no Lagos on their face. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, Popetta, who was later dubbed Madame Kamora, mm-hmm. gave birth to her firstborn while behind bars. Um, she was sentenced to 18 years in prison, which was later reduced to 13 years and four months. Mm. She gets out. She dates another Kamora crime boss, a drug baron called Umberto Amaturo, with whom she had twins. Her first son was abducted and murdered in 1974. And she believed that her lover, Umberto, the father of her twins, was Mm -hmm. behind the killing. However, he denied knowing anything about his death. And till today, it still remains a mystery. Sure. Yeah. Amaturo, who is her second second lover, Mm -hmm. um, he was... Found not guilty of murder of mm. a forensic scientist, um, which she was also arrested for that murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but he later confessed in 1993 when he broke the mafia's Omerta code, mm. becoming a state witness Jeez. and resulting in the arrests of 40 people. Four zero. He broke the Omerta. So the Omerta code is the code of silence, Mm -hmm. which you would know if you've watched The Godfather. (laughs) He is believed to be living somewhere in Italy, possibly in Sicily, under a new identity provided by the Witness Protection Program. That that man is in New Jersey, man. Bro, and after he broke the code of silence and they couldn't find him, they just killed his brother. They killed his brothers. They killed his brother, yeah. It's it's the mafia. Yeah, yeah. You get forty people arrested. Someone's someone's going to die. (laughs) Someone, at least it wasn't her. (laughs) So yeah, you guys, that is our episode on beauty queens and crime. Um, something I find really interesting is um the word Costanostra. 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 It means this little thing of ours. 
Really? Yeah. Like, yeah, this is the thing of Oz. This is like, you know, this little, you, you gotta hold it down. You gotta <laughs> hold it down. I'm just joking. Huh? I'm not promoting um no it's really i mean it's glamorized with tv and all those things but there's a lot of like death and destruction and like lives being ruined and Mm -hmm. fear and ptsd yeah um thank you guys for rocking with us um oh my god thank you for 50k the last episode was listened to two thousand times in three days wow i know i was like whoa wow we love you guys thank Thank you you so much thank you for sharing you guys shared on i see you guys sharing on instagram you share the facts on twitter you share with your friends your family and we appreciate you guys so much and we hope you enjoyed this episode bye what was that song i've been singing all day i've forgotten it's finally out of my head i hate to put it back in my head can you help me Eminado, Eminado, yeah. Eminado, 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 don't jazzy. Eminado, Eminado. So I ask her, what do you want from the bank? I just come from the bank, and I got money to throw it. So everybody, oh yeah, oh Rocking that body, rocking that body, rocking that body for me. Keep rocking that body, rocking that body for me. Here I go, oh here I go. It's time to show me your love.